So as I mentioned, we, today we are uh, wrapping up this series that we started all the way at the beginning of the summer. And so, uh, you know, one, you, you are likely probably thinking one of two things. Probably thinking, I can't believe we're already to the end of Romans. This has been tremendous. I've learned so much. I, I'm a little sad to get to the end. Or you're thinking, can we finally move on to something else? Right, because we've spent all kind of, again, we spent the entire summer going through the book of Romans. We've gone chapter by chapter uh, throughout this foundational, uh, you know, um, book and letter, right, of Scripture, not just of Scripture, but um, of Paul's writings. And again, many, as we've talked, if you remember, all the way back to week one, and we talk how many believe that the book of Romans is Paul's greatest work. And uh, it is certainly the longest of his letters. It is definitely uh, one that, that encompasses so much content. I mean, as we've seen, as we studied, there's such a wide range of stuff that Paul covers in the book of Romans. And again, we've been going, like I said, chapter by chapter. If you've missed uh, a week or, or want to go back, and uh, just a reminder, they're all available online and podcast as well as video form. Uh, and uh, you can go back and look at all of those because we, again, have covered a lot through this summer. But today we have uh, reached the end of the book. And, and again, if you're one of those people that have just kind of been going along and following along, you probably realize, like, well, how are we done? Because we have two chapters left. And you're right. We do have two chapters left because we're going to cover two chapters today. And so, uh, again, just got to be ready that we're going to plow through the rest of this content this morning, and, and we're going to read from Romans chapter 15 is where we're going to start. So if you have your Bible with you, um, please open up with me to Romans chapter 15. If you don't have your own Bible or don't have it with you today, there are Bibles that you're welcome to use in the seat pockets, and you'll notice on the outline is the page numbers of where you can find these passages in those Bibles. Um, but as we uh, get to these last few chapters, Okay, we realize, again, and I want to remind you of the, the structure of the letter. We start in the first half of the letter from chapters 1 through 8, where Paul covers the gospel message. Okay, and he goes through it step by step in, in, in depth about, about why Jesus came, how he could save us, um, you know, how we receive him, um, why we needed a Savior, all of these things he goes through, and all of this culminates in Romans chapter 8. And in Romans 8, we see so just uh, four different foundational theological truths and also four different um, great memory verses out of Romans chapter 8. And then we have this subsection of the letter in chapters 9, 10, and 11, where he kind of goes back over all of the content of 1 through 8 and summarizes it all to where we end up in the, on the final verse of the Romans road of salvation that takes us to that in Romans 10, 9. Okay, where he reiterates the fact that we are saved by believing in our heart that Christ is Lord and confessing with our mouth. And that's how we are saved. Okay, and then he moves on into that and start in chapter 12, which we started just a few weeks ago, as he changes gears in the letter and moves on to now what will our life look like as a follower of Jesus? Right, he's already covered the way of salvation, and, and again, at that point, he's saying, okay, now you've received Christ, you've joined the journey of faith, and now what is your life going to look like day in and day out as a follower of Jesus? And he starts out at the beginning of Romans 12 in the first three verses, and he defines for us what worship is. He tells us, again, what our daily life 
uh, should be focused on and gives us a warning about how to stay on the right path. And then he goes into several different life topics. And he's covered up to this point five different life topics as we've seen throughout these different chapters. And now we end up in Romans chapter 15. And we're going to first look at verses 1 through 13, which is where he uh, covers the final life topic. Which is where we get to, again, life topic number six, which is the goal of our life. And he kind of summarizes all this into what is the goal going to be of our life. So we're going to read Romans 15, starting at verse 1, where it says, We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just, just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. As the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you, so that God will be given glory. Remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promises he made to their ancestors. He also came so that the Gentiles might give glory to God for his mercies to them. And that is what the psalmist meant when he wrote, For this I will praise you among the Gentiles, I will sing praises to your name. And in another place it's written, Rejoice with his people, you Gentiles. And yet again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Praise him, all you people of the earth. And in another place, Isaiah said, The heir of David's throne will come, and he will rule over the Gentiles that will place their hope on him. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So now as we read again these, these, um, these verses, and we see again as Paul covers this final life topic of the goal of, of our life, again, what is our goal of life as a follower of Jesus? You know, as Paul presents this, he gives us three different concepts or focuses of a life of a believer. And once again, Paul, just as he has done through the entire letter, is not making this up. He's not presenting new content to us. As we can see, as he quotes several different passages, right, in, in these verses, um, he is reiterating the teachings of Jesus and the teachings of scriptures that have come before. Again, he's reminding the church in Rome, and therefore us, that this is how we define life as a follower of Jesus. Okay, this is the goal of your life. And in the first four verses, he presents the first aspect of that. And that is remembering that life isn't about me, but about others. That life isn't about me, but others. Again, living in our culture today, this is a, something that we need to constantly be reminded about. Right, because again, our culture today continues to, to point us back to saying, take care of yourself. It's all about you. What's in it for me? Right? And yet, Paul reminds us of the teachings of Jesus, which was the teachings of the Old Testament, and saying that your life is not about you at all. 
right? And yet among our culture of self-help books and the constant pursuit of happiness, this fact is very counter-cultural. It is for us today, it was for those in Rome, and it has been from the very beginning of time because as Paul taught us, right, is we all have a sinful nature and that sinful nature is focused on ourself, right? And it is naturally selfish. And so he reminds us again that life isn't about me, but other people. As, as he tells us at the last part of verse one, he says, we must not just please ourselves. Saying if that is your goal in life, you're going to be solely disappointed. Right? Don't just please yourself. And then he moves on to the next point. Again, a point that Jesus talked about and, and taught to his disciples over and over and over again, but he talked about how we are supposed to live in unity with other believers. To live in unity with other believers. Again, this is something, again, unity is something that, that we, we recognize when we're a part of it. Right? Because unity brings momentum. It brings focus. It brings, uh, you know, um, power. And yet we've also know and we've all lived in disunity at different times in our life. Whether it's been on a sports team, a part of your family, in a church that you've been a part of, whatever would be disunity, in fact, just is a horrible thing to deal with. Right? And, and we see, um, again, that this is nothing new that Paul's presenting. It's, it's the teaching of Jesus. In fact, if you go back to in John chapter 17, when Jesus prays, his final prayer before he goes to the cross, he prayed for everyone who would hear the message of the gospel. And the first topic he prayed for in everybody was to be unified. And Jesus understood the power of unity. And, and, he, and Paul reiterates that, that, that as we live focused not on just ourselves, but also on other people, that that, that, that will bring unity to us. And, but yet, what is it that unifies us? In Romans 15 verse 6, he tells us that all of you can join together with one voice. Okay, that's unity. To do what? To give praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Again, what is it that unifies us together? It's Christ. And what do we do when we're unified? Well, we glorify the Father. Right? That Christ is what unifies us and, and we come together. What do we accomplish with our unity? It's to bring God glory. Right? And, and as we see again, even having Jason Abbey with us today shows us again what unity can accomplish. Right? Even as a movement of Church of God, of unity within our churches and around the world, as we unify with even those churches that are, that are killing it for God in their region, right? that they're a part of. And it's, it's great for us to come to hear that report and say, wow, unity is powerful especially when it's unified through Christ to glorify the Father. Right? And that is incredibly powerful. And again, he's right. He's, what is our goal in life? It's, it's to remember that life isn't about us, but others, that, that we are to live in unity with other believers. And again, what, is it, what do we do with our unity, which provides to then the final thing he presents us, our goal of life, is that life is about serving God. It's not about us at all. Right? We're, we're at the bottom of the list, and then other people are in front of us, and in front of other people is 
God. Again, the goal of our life is to glorify God. Life is about serving Him. Again, if we, if we live out a life of worship, is meaning that we are constantly putting the spotlight back on God. And that should be the goal of our unity and the goal of our life. You see in verse 13, as he wraps up this, this section of life uh, topics, and he says, I pray that God, who is the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with a confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, what is the source of our joy and our peace, of our hope and of our power? It is God. He is the goal of our life. Now again, these are not new teachings. In fact, when you go back to the teaching of Jesus, Paul just taught them in opposite order. Right, when Jesus ta taught them, is saying the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Right, which is the same teaching that Paul gives us here. And then we see Jesus again reiterates then, what do we do, right, as we love God with everything we have, we love others like we love ourselves, and then we come together in unity and we watch God work. And that is the goal of our life and the final life topic that he covers in the letter. And as we realize that, then, then he, he, he moves on to a new section as he starts to close out the letter. So the next section we see in Romans 15, verses 14 through 22, okay, is where he starts to close out the letter. Okay, now again, we don't have time to read all of the text, but I want to highlight for you uh, look at Romans 15, verse 15, where it says, Even so, I have been bold enough to write about some of these points, knowing that all you need is this reminder. For by God's grace, I am the special messenger from Jesus Christ to you Gentiles. Because you see why, again, he, he starts to wrap this up, and he reminds them in this church in Rome that this was not new content. I'm not telling you something that you haven't already heard because you are already believers. You already, you get all of this. I am just reminding you of what you already know. Again, he reviewed the gospel message. And the truth is, no matter how long you have been a Christian, no matter how long, you know, you've been walking with Christ on your faith journey, we have to go back to the foundational truth of the gospel. And we have to go back to it often. Because it reminds us where we came from, it reminds us where we're going and why. Okay, it gives us motivation to continue on when we face a hard struggle or something that we don't understand or an unanswered question. Right? It, 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 we go back to the gospel. In fact, that's why Jesus told us to celebrate communion. And as we took communion today, right, that is, that's the reason we take communion is because it, it points us back to the gospel foundation of our faith. Right? And we have to go back to that. And, and he's telling us, I'm just reminding you. Right? Go back to that. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget why God saved you and what he went through to save you. And then just kind of the general advice that he gives through this, this entire section as he starts the, the closing out of the letter. 
Okay, it's to live out your faith and fulfill your role in the body of Christ. He's saying, you know all of this. You, you have the foundation, and then you have all of these life topics, and, and go ahead and, and live these out the best that you can with everything you have and fully fulfill your role in the body of Christ. And then Paul, um, as Paul oftentimes does in many of his letters, goes back and reiterates to us his example. Again, he was a leader that didn't just say it, but he did it. And he reiterates the role of his life and why he continues to do what he was doing. In Romans 15, verse 20, he says, My ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard. Again, Paul was an evangelist. He was a church planter. His his goal was to go into these places among the Gentiles where the the word had never been proclaimed, and he, he... you know, shares Christ with people, gets it started, and then he moves on to the next one, right? Which is why we have all of these letters back to all of these churches that he started, because then he'd go back and be like, hey, guys, remember about this? Hey, don't forget that. I heard about this problem. By the way, go back to the gospel. It's about Jesus. Don't forget that, right? His role, right, was, was to, to share Christ where it had never been heard, and yet as he taught us in the letter, he's reminding them again, you have a role. It's not the same as mine, Maybe it is the same of mine, and that's fine, but, but live out your faith and fulfill your role because we all have a role in the body of Christ. We all need each other, right? And we need to continue to fulfill that because if, if you are still here on earth, your earthly journey is not over and you got to continue to journey forward, right? Our journey does not end until we are face-to-face with Jesus in heaven. And then our earthly journey of faith ends and our heavenly journey starts. Right now, as we realize that, then he moves on. Uh, there's this, these uh, several different, couple different sections, okay, of Romans 15, 23 through 16, 16, and then 23, 21 and 23, where it's just a bunch of personal remarks that he gives. And, and yeah, I encourage you to go back and read it um, and to see all these, these different things that he talks about, these people. He kind of name drops some people and, and talks about his travel plans and many other things. Again, you get to see kind of the, the, the normal human part of Paul as he talks about these people and these experiences. But this morning, as we wind down the message and, and close out this series, I want to end with this passage in Romans 16, verses 17 through 20. Okay, so Romans 16, we're going to pick up at verse 17, where he says, and now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. Such people are not Serving Christ our Lord, they are serving their own personal interests. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. This makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing right and stay, and to stay innocent of any wrong. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Again, as, as we've seen all throughout the letter, sometimes we wish that Paul would be a little more clear, a little more blunt, right? Because what is he really trying to say, right? Like we get that, but 
in these verses, he gives us some closing advice. As he closes out the letter, he gives it to them, obviously about their situation they were facing, but he gives three concepts that we need to remember as we wrap up this letter to the Romans and say, how do I fully live out my faith and fulfill my role in the body of Christ? Okay, the first piece of closing advice he gives us is in verse 17, he tells us to watch out for false teachers. Right, he says that, again, he says, go back to the foundation, right? Compare it back to everything you've been taught. And, and so be very careful to not follow somebody teaching something that's not accurate because they are out there. Uh, which means whether, so what does that practically mean for you? Meaning whether you hear one of my messages or one on the internet somewhere, or you go to another church and hear somebody else preach or teach the word of God, is go back to the word yourself, open your Bible, study it yourself, and confirm to God that they are telling you the truth. Because there are people out there that are teaching their opinions. Right? And Paul tells them and reiterates to us and saying, go back to your foundation every time. Right, and then the next one, he gives some, he tells us to be wise and obedient in verse 19. Again, he says, you have this knowledge. You've, I've reiterated to you throughout this, this letter. You've been taught solidly all of these things, but be wise and now apply your knowledge and live it out. Again, he's given us all these different life topics to live out, and he's saying, now you have all this knowledge, now live it out. And the fact, that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Okay, knowledge means that I, I know all this stuff, and it just, I just put it on the shelf in my brain and never access it again, right? Wisdom is taking that knowledge and living it out every day. He's saying, be wise. Again, don't just learn about this stuff, but live it out in all these different areas of your life, right? Be wise and also be obedient, right? Follow the authority of the God you serve. And then the, the last thing that he gives us in verse 20 is he reminds us to always remember that God's power is with you. Again, always remember that it's, again, it's not about you, Right? You are not supposed to go save the world because you can't save anybody. Only God can save people. Right? You can't move mountains on your own. You can't atone for your own sins. Right? Is that God's power is what saves you. God's power is what changes you. God's power is what changes this world. And that power is always with you as a believer. In fact, that's exactly what the Great Commission tells us. Okay, the Great Commission is the promise of Jesus, the, the last words that he gives the disciples as he ascends to heaven and passes the baton onto us, the church, to further the gospel message. And that's where we want to end today, is the Great Commission is given in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And in the words of Jesus that say, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Again, as we wrap up this, this study of Romans, again, I don't know where you are in your faith journey, but maybe you have to go back to chapters 1 through 11 and, and receive Christ as your Savior for the first time. 
right? If you've never received Christ as your Savior, you've never, again, confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart and, and invite Jesus into your life, then, then do that. Maybe you need to focus on 12 through 15 and, and, and focus on, on what does my journey look like of faith after I've joined the journey and now moving forward to be more like Christ tomorrow than I am today. What steps do I have to take? How do I live it out? Again, I don't know where you're at, but wherever you are, whatever the next step of your journey is, do that. Right? When we all come together in unity and fulfill everything God has called us to do as his followers. So this morning, as we conclude our service, I just encourage you to, if you've got business to do with God, take care of it. Right? Respond to his spirit. Right? Pray and accept him. Right? Commit to the next step of your journey. Maybe committing to being baptized, committing to a small group for the first time. I don't know what it is, but take the next step in your journey. Lord God, that is our prayer this morning, Lord, that we would seek you with everything we have. God, that we would not worship anything else other than you, that we would worship you first and foremost. God, that we would live out your commandments. God, in loving you, loving others. God, in living in unity. And God, I pray, Lord, that as we go this week, God, that we would take the next step of our journey, whatever that is. And God, give us the courage to do that. And God, as we pursue our faith with everything we have, God, we will represent you in this world. And I pray, God, that you would use our lives for your glory. God, we thank you for Paul. We thank you for the writings and what he, the advice he gave to the Romans that has also helped us in so many ways. And God, guide us this week as we go and as we live out your word in every moment we have to worship you with everything we do. Guide us as we go this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.